thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Target Field in Minnesota. It's the Minnesota Twins 8, the Cleveland Indians 7. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fans, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. And it was a fun day game. It really was a lot of offense in this game, but unfortunately the Indians come out on the bottom of this one in extra innings. It has to go to the 11th inning. I believe the first time we've ever had to go to the 11th inning or in any of those double headers, you know, extended more than one extra inning. So the Indians cannot figure out a way to score in the 10th or the 11th Despite the Little League rules with the runner starting on second, we cannot score an extra as we put no pressure on Minnesota. And they eventually, of course, bring Polanco to the plate. And guess what? Where have you heard this one before? Polanco delivers a walk-off hit in extra innings. Oh, yeah? You heard that one before? Yeah, because we cannot stop letting Polanco dictate this series. MVP for this series has to go to Jorge Polanco. I mean, he is absolutely just giving us fits this season. And uh, I mean, he's hitting pretty good against us. He's hitting 314 against us on the season. That's the fourth best for him. Uh, he's also given Kansas City and Detroit a lot of trouble. Uh, and in one series against St. Louis, he hit 429. So uh, Polanco absolutely, he, everything about this series kind of ran through him, right? He gets the walk-off on Monday, he has that ridiculous at bat, but then gets two more hits yesterday or two days ago. And then uh, in this game, again, the walk off and a couple of big hits. He actually got the scoring going uh, for them in the in that big fifth inning rally they had. So he delivered a big hit there. So two RBIs on the day for him on two hits uh, makes his at bats count against the Cleveland Indians. So. Let's get into the storylines of this game. And frankly, I, I don't want to start with the walk-off. I don't want to start with how this ended. I think the top storyline was the way the Indians were scoring early in this game. The Indians scored a run in each of the first five innings, which is pretty incredible for an offense to do, an offense that has been very much boomer bust this season. Uh, they really really found some creative ways to score. Now, the problem is they also stranded a ton of runners on base. As a team, the Indians were two for 17 with runners in scoring position. Two for 17. The Twins were six for 14. If that's not the difference in the game, I don't know what is. So how did the Indians get it done? Well, they start the game off uh, in the top of the first inning, why not? Let's score early. Jose Ramirez gets a hanging breaking ball and ends up putting it out into left center field for a home run. So that's nice to see off the bat right there. Uh, get things going. Why not? Jose Ramirez giving us an early lead. 104.4 miles per hour, 400 feet out there to left center field. Of course, we do give this one right back. The Twins come up in the bottom of the first after a ground out from Kepler. Rooker singles. And then uh, on an error pickoff throw from Plesek, you know he loves to try to pick people off. Uh, moves the runner up. And then Polanco singles into right and brings in Rooker to score. So that's easy. Um, Plesek would get out of that inning. Then Thorpe really gets into trouble. Lewis Thorpe was starting for the Minnesota Twins. 
and he was coming back off of injury and did not look right. They, they, they kind of, it was a revisionist history. They kind of started pulling up all these clips of him after the trainers go out there in the second inning. But he's like limping around in the first. He, he kind of limps off the field. He waves off the manager or the pitching coach in the dugout saying, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Well, he wasn't. Uh, he ends up walking Oscar Mercado to start things. Owen Miller hits into a force out. So Mercado's out. Owen Miller's on first. He then steals second. Yu Chang walks. Austin Hedges walks on a full count, loads the bases with one out, and that's when they go out there and get Thorpe. So they let him really get into trouble before finally sending the trainer out there to look at him. And I, I didn't even hear what the injury was uh, that he left the game for, but uh, obviously not good for him. Someone who just came back and is trying to you know get back and uh, has to deal with another injury now. So... Uh, that brings in Edgar Garcia, who I think is someone they picked up midseason. Uh, I believe, if I'm correct, I think he started pitching in Cincinnati first. And uh, it did not go well in Cincinnati for him. So he ends up coming over to Minnesota and giving it a shot here in Minnesota. Yeah, with Cincinnati, he was 0-1 with a 16.62 ERA and five relief appearances. So far with Minnesota, he's in four relief appearances. He's got a 5.14 ERA. So, uh, yeah, not the greatest season. Not what Garcia probably had in mind for this season, you know, going down. But he strikes out Ernie Clement here with the bases loaded. So there's a chance that the Indians could have been gifted the bases loaded and not score a run. Instead, Miles Straw draws a walk. Uh, is really patient up there at the plate. The walk brings in the second run of the game for the Indians. And then Ahmed Rosario, you know he really wanted to deliver in this situation. Instead, he flies out to right field to end the threat. So he put the ball in play. You, you give him credit there for fighting and putting the ball in play. Unfortunately, it was a fly out to right field. All right, so the Indians now in the third inning. How are we going to do it in the third inning? Well, this time with two outs, Oscar Mercado draws a walk. Oscar Mercado did a really good job of drawing walks in this game. Uh, he had three walks in this game. Unfortunately, this would be the only run he would score despite being on base three times. Owen Miller comes up, and I swear to God, everybody, including Underwood, uh, thought this was a pop-out to center field. Everybody, it was a 34-degree launch angle. Apparently, it was 101.3 miles per hour off the bat. I have watched this replay multiple, multiple times now. And every time I see it, it looks like a pop-up. It looks like a pop-out, you know, fly-out to center field. Instead, this thing carries 403 feet and bounces off the out-of-town scoreboard in center field. Uh, you know, hits halfway up the wall. I have no idea how Owen Miller uh, got this ball that far. I, apparently, when you hit it 101 miles per hour, the ball can carry a little bit. So Owen Miller doubles off the wall. Mercado, who was moving on the pitch, comes in to score. And the Indians put another run across. Uh, so good job by Owen Miller. That would be his only hit on the day. However, uh, in the fourth inning, why not? Let's get a little bit more on the board. Uh, this time in the fourth inning, 
Miles Straw would walk, and Ahmed Rosario would get a second chance. Get a second chance at a two-out RBI situation here. Straw would steal second, put himself in scoring position, and then Ahmed Rosario would shoot one down the right field line this time for an RBI double. So Ahmed Rosario does get a little bit of revenge, and that's a good at-bat, a good approach from Ahmed Rosario. Clearly what he was trying to do on the day, right? Go the other way. Uh, does it twice in back-to-back at-bats in RBI situations, and he's able to deliver the second time. So good job by Ahmed Rosario. 21st double on the season. Uh, and then uh, Jose would ground out to end that threat. Then in the fourth inning, here come the Twins. Miguel Sano uh, absolutely destroys a baseball. Uh, Miguel Sano definitely gets... Uh, the good guy award for the day for giving a ball to a bunch of campers planted out there in center field. It was, it was camp day in Minnesota. So you saw them all. You can always spot the campers because they're all wearing that. There's just giant pockets of green t-shirts and then a giant pocket of red t-shirts. So I love that. I used to work at a summer camp and take kids. We used to take kids to the Indians game. Uh, we would take them to a night game. And uh, it was always fun having like, you know, a giant group of like 100 kids there. Uh, it makes a fun environment at the ballpark. And Miguel Sano puts one. Luckily, he put one into a row of empty seats because he absolutely tattoos this ball to center field. Uh, it was the second pitch of the at-bat. The first one was a forcing fastball away. Co- tries to come in with a forcing fastball and get strike one. Instead, puts it at the thighs, middle of the plate. And he hits it 113.9 miles per hour, 475 feet. It is a really good thing that this ball landed in an empty row, row and a young girl snagged it then off the uh, cement. Because uh, this thing was a bomb. Bomb. One of the longest home runs in baseball this season, I believe. And uh, yeah, so Miguel Sano uh, gets the Twins going again. It would be a uh, a 4-2 game at this point. And then Framil Reyes leading off the top of the fifth says, what's up? What's up, Miguel Sano? We're, we're going to center field. Is that what we're doing today? All right, let me take a shot at it. And he gets two change-ups. The first one misses for a ball. This is from Manaya now in the game. This turned into a bullpen game for Minnesota. Then he gets a changeup that was frankly a little bit in, also at the thighs, and he hits it 111.5 miles per hour, 442 feet, looking for some sponsorship from Delta, putting it off the Delta sign in center field. I believe that means he gets to fly home for free. I, be- I believe that's what it means. Delta has to, has to fly him back to Cleveland for free. Uh, his 21st home run on the season, he, sa- he said something to Miguel Sano as he was rounding first base. I'd love to hear that conversation. Um, so, yeah, so it makes it a 5-2 to two game. And that's where things would spin wildly out of control for the Cleveland Indians. So that's my first storyline. The Indians did a really good job of just finding different creative ways to score through those first five innings. It was a really fun baseball game. They had a 5-2 lead. Plesak was pitching okay. And yeah, you felt like this was going to be an Indian series win. We said that the Twins were a team that you could rack up wins against. 
And they then do the opposite of that. They end up blowing it, basically, from this point forward. So um, the Twins answer back all with two outs. All with two outs in the fifth inning against Plesak. Um Max Kepler would strike out to start things. Rooker would walk. Polanco would pop out to third base in foul territory. I believe this is the one where Chang goes into the net and makes a nice catch. Um, so Polanco does not factor into this one. Uh, Donaldson would single on a ground ball, move Rooker up to second. After a mound visit, here comes Luis Arise, and he singles into right field, brings Rooker in the score with two outs. And you're thinking, okay, five to three. Five to three is not bad. We could still get out of this one. Then Miguel Sano comes up, and Miguel Sano, who just launched one to center field off of Plesak, this time, this at-bat against Plesak also goes to center field. This time he does it on a slider, frankly, a slider that was away, a slider that was breaking away from Sano, probably a pitch that Sano swings and misses at a ton. And uh, instead, he hits this one 107.1 miles per hour, 398 that... Bounces at the base of the wall in center field over Miles Straw's head. Frankly, Straw was catching everything in center field leading up to this. Straw was putting out guys like crazy in center field because Plesek was giving up a ton of fly balls in this game. But this one gets over his head, and it would bring in two runs to score and tie the game. And just when you thought the Indians were, it just felt like the Indians were in control for those first four and a half innings and then completely lost control of this game with two outs. And it doesn't end there. Alex Young comes in, and frankly, morning people, Alex Young does not seem to be that good of a pitcher. Uh, Someone that we picked up midseason who started in Arizona. He's actually a second-round pick of the Diamondbacks in 2015. He is looking at his percentile rankings on StatCast. It's bottom of the league in a lot of things. Uh, an expected weighted on base percentage, ninth percentile. Expected ERA, ninth percentile. Expected batting average, 7th percentile. Uh, expected slugging, 11th percentile. The only thing he's up in is apparently chase rate. Uh, tell me how this works. His chase rate is in the 80th percentile. His whiff rate is in the 66th percentile. His actual strikeout rate, though, 18th percentile. So, Whatever he's doing to get those chases and those whiffs, it's not turning into strikeouts. Um, So he comes into this one, gives up a single to Nick Gordon that shoots off of uh, uh, Owen Miller's glove. Uh, Miguel Sano comes in to score. Uh, Jeffers then singles off of, moves Nick Gordon up to second. And then Anderson Simmons hits a monster ground rule double down the left field line. Uh, If this stayed in, it probably scores two runs. We're lucky it one hops the wall. And only can bring in a run. Finally strikes out Max Kepler to end that threat. And uh, yeah, Alex Young, I mean, they just crushed some of his pitches. The cutter, they're hitting 394 against his cutter. They're slugging 818 against his cutter on the season. Uh, his four-seam fastball, they're hitting 400 against this season. They're slugging 850 off his fastball this season. Hitting uh, 310 off his changeup hitting 268 off his sinker. The only pitch that's working for him is the curveball, 186 off the curveball, and uh, only slugging 233. Obviously, does not throw the curveball a ton, um, but 
it is an effective pitch here. Let's see what pitch did he strike Max Kepler out on after giving up all these hits. Oh, it's the curveball. See, there we go. The curveball is a pitch that works through him for him. Threw him two in that at-bat. Um, not a good at-bat from Kepler. Looks at strike one curveball. Looks at strike two fastball. That was, frankly, middle and away. And then uh, on the plate, but, you know, outside. And uh, then swings over a curveball down. Not a good at-bat for Kepler after the Twins were really railing. And he had some more RBIs, some more ducks out on the pond for him right there. So... They have a huge inning and answer back all of our single runs. They answer back in one inning. So, I mean, that was really the big storyline of this game. And let's just stay in sequential order here because things get pretty boring until the ninth inning. And the ninth inning, down two runs. I mean, both bullpens kind of do their job through the sixth, seventh, and eighth. The Indians come up in the top of the ninth inning. And frankly, it's a great job by Miles Straw of understanding what has to happen here. We get to lead off against Alex Colome, who had been doing really good as the closer lately. And Straw fights and battles and gets a double into center field. Uh, so he is in scoring position already. He Just getting on base was big. Ahmed Rosario tries to shoot the ball to right field. Where have you heard that one before? Uh, clearly, that was his approach on the day. And uh, this time he flies out, but it's deep enough that Straw moves up to third. And as the Twins fans, you're probably not sweating it because this isn't the tying run. This is, you know, you got a two-run lead. Straw could do whatever he wants out there. Jose Ramirez singles up the middle. A good swing from Jose Ramirez. His second hit on the game. And it would drive in Straw. But Jose Ramirez, I mean, this guy is unbelievable. He breaks out of the batter's box like his hair's on fire flies around first base, does not even hesitate a second, and is able to sprint into second base for a double on, frankly, a ball that is a single 99.9% of the time. In Major League Baseball, that is a single. It was basically right at the center fielder, Nick Gordon. It's basically right to him. And uh, he just hustles his rear end off and turns it into a double. And, And that's something you see in old man softball. In weekend softball, where guys can turn a single into a double just because they're faster than anybody in the league. That is not something that happens in Major League Baseball that often. And I swear to God, as soon as he landed on second base, I was like, the thought popped into my head, the line from Rounders, pay this man his money. Pay this man his money. This guy absolutely is the heart and soul of this team, of this offense, and nobody In recent Indians history, I think, brings the combination of heart, hustle, talent, right, Uh, you know, clutchness than Jose Ramirez does. Nobody else. There's a couple of guys that would hustle, but maybe they weren't as clutch, you know, thinking maybe Jason Kipnis. There's guys that had all the talent in the world, but they didn't have the heart that Jose Ramirez has to be fighting in the ninth inning of a game in August when, frankly, your team is pretty much out of the playoffs at this point. He did not want to lose this game. He wanted to get into scoring position and sets things up for uh, for the end of this game here. So uh, Fermil Reyes can't get it done. He chops one down the third base line that frankly was, you know, inches from being foul. But Arise is able to kind of get his body around it, keep it fair, throws him out at first base. Jose Ramirez is able to move up to third. 
Bobby Z- uh, Bradley Zimmer comes in to pinch hit for Mercado with a righty on the mound. Does a good job of drawing a walk. Uh, Colome threw him a lot of pitches down and in the dirt, and he does a really good job here of being very patient. He threw him three pitches in the dirt here. Threw him all cutters. All cutters. What is, did Colome throw any other pitches on the day? Because he throws Zimmer here all cutters. He did throw a couple of four-seam four seam fastballs, so it's all hard stuff from Colome. And, uh, yeah, threw him a ton of pitches in the dirt. And he lays off them. And the last three pitches, four, five, and six, are all in the dirt. And this one gets away from Jeffers. He doesn't swing at it. He was down in this count, one and two to start, and works it all the way back. And the ball gets away from Jeffers. And Jose Ramirez walks in the, and scores the game-tying run, basically. Just trots across home plate. So after all that work, that's how the Indians tie it up. Uh, Bradley Zimmer would steal, move up to third, so we'd have a chance, but Owen Miller would ground out to third base to end the threat. So we had a chance to take the go-ahead run there. Zimmer does a great job of getting himself up to scoring position and then getting himself up to third, really putting the pressure on, uh, but we can't get it done. So, Classe shuts it down in the ninth inning, and I think it's so funny that everybody on Indians Twitter complaining about bullpen usage and you get your closer then in the ninth inning. And then what happens? Nick Wickren still has to come in and pitch the 10th inning. You still end up with Wickren in extra innings. Now, granted, uh, two days ago, it was Wickren stretching himself across two innings. This time, it's Wickren coming in fresh in the 10th inning. He gets it done in the 10th inning. Unfortunately, uh, Garza would have to come in in the 11th inning now. And he cannot get it done. The bases are loaded again. Jorge Polanco shoots one into right field. And that is how the Twins walk it off against the Indians. And the Twins and Indians have been playing a ton of extra inning games. The Indians are now 6-8 in in extra inning games on the season. Against the Minnesota Twins this season, they're 5-7. Not good. The Twins are one of the worst teams in baseball. If that, if that is different, if you could really unload on the Twins like you have on maybe the Detroit Tigers this season, uh, what have we done against Kansas City? Against Kansas City this season, 8-1 and one against Kansas City. My God, clearly the best we've done against any team. This might be a different season, but going 5-7 and seven against Minnesota, and we won the first two extra inning games. This is our fifth extra inning game against the Minnesota Twins this season. We won the first two. And uh, on walk-offs, those were in Cleveland. We lost the next one, uh, five to eight. So we really blew it in the top of the tenth inning. In that one, uh, Karinchek took the loss in that one. And Duffy came in and got the save. And then the last two in this series, we've lost. So the last three extra inning games against the Twins, we have lost. So man, it was a battle. It was a fun game. It was an offensive game. We did have, I want to give some shout out to some defense because Wickren got saved. Wickren got saved by some defense in that 10th inning. Ernie Clement made a leaping catch on a line drive. And then uh, Straw in center field made a diving catch to get out of the 10th inning. So some fantastic defense. We don't shout out defense as much as we should because, you know, it's just there's no, there's no column for it in the box score. Oh, there almost should be, right? Amazing defensive plays, you know, one for Miles Straw, one for Ernie Clement here. And uh, frankly, it's all Clement could deliver 
to this game. He was 0 for 5 with three strikeouts. The top of the order was the one that was really getting it done. Um, the top of the order, Miles Straw is on base three times with a hit and two walks. He scores two runs. Ahmed Rosario had two hits, uh, including the double and an RBI. Uh, Jose Ramirez with two hits. He had two RBIs on the day. Fermil Reyes with the big solo home run. Mercado on base three times via the walk. And then uh, Bradley Zimmer, two pinch hitting for him. So that fifth spot was on base four times via the walk in this game. And then Owen Miller gets that clutch hit, that clutch double off the wall. After that, uh, there were a couple walks in there from Chang, Andres Jimenez, from Austin Hedges. Jimenez was pinch, uh, pinch hitting for Chang. A couple of walks. They were really going on base, but no hits from 7, 8, and 9. So we've seen it before where 7, 8, and 9 can set it up for the top of the order. Wasn't that kind of game. Uh, Plesak. Uh, we have not hammered Plesak yet. He, uh, but the Minnesota Twins sure did. He was hard hit 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 times in 4 and 2 thirds. Hard hit 9 times, 6 hits, 6 runs, 5 earned, 2 walks, and only 2 strikeouts, including the home run given up to Sano on only 73 pitches. Plesak just didn't throw strikes. Uh, going over to the illustrator here, uh, his fastball is all over the place. Uh, he's really not locating the fastball. All the curveballs were, most of the curveballs were up. He threw a bunch of curveballs that got away from him. Including, he also hit a couple of guys. Uh, the uh, the changeup was all over the place. The slider he was missing across the zone with just wasn't a good strike throwing day for Plesak. And a CS number, CSW numbers reflected. He only had a 16% CSW on the day. Uh, no pitch was maybe the, the four seam fastball was a 20% CSW. I mean, no pitch was working for him. His total strikes on the day, uh, he threw, let's see here, on 73 pitches, only 44 strikes. So just was not getting it done today. Could not get it past these, uh, these twins hitters. I think if I remember correctly, he got himself into a situation where he was ahead in a few counts got to two strikes, and could not put anyone away, especially there in that fifth inning. So it's a really rough day for Plesek, who's had a hot and cold season. Really has. Um, just has not really settled in at any point this season, it feels like. Got it into a groove at any point this season. He's 7-4 and four now on the season with a 487 ERA and a 114 whip. Not terrible numbers, but he's just really not piling up the numbers uh, that you'd like to see. Um, what are his strikeouts per nine here? Let's see if I can pull that up. Uh, Ks per nine are only at 6.11 Ks per nine. Last year in 2020, he was up at 9.27 Ks per nine. Now he's down at six. And the walks have increased. Last year, he was at 0.98 walks per nine. This year, he's up to 1.86 walks per nine. Home runs are also up a few percentage points. Hits are up almost two, you know, uh, two run two hits per nine over the 2020 season. He went from 6.18 to 8.14, 8, 8.41. I apologize there. Uh, so yeah, it's just not not really been a good season for him. He just hasn't locked in. I, I'm actually shocked his record is seven and four in 18 starts. Um, you know, that's that's not terrible. So, uh, yeah, so he's, uh, 
he's cold in this one. You know, it looked like he was going to be okay. It looks like it looked like he was going to hang in there and give the Indians five innings, and he cannot get out of that fifth inning. So that's all my thoughts on this one. It's a shame because the Indians absolutely should be racking up wins against the Minnesota Twins, and series losses like this really hurt. And you know, with the Indians kind of out of things coming down the stretch here. We do have some good news on Savali and Bieber. They both had successful bullpen sessions. It looks like Savali, there's a chance he could go on a rehab assignment on Sunday. If his next bullpen session goes okay, he's looking at a rehab start maybe Sunday. Bieber says he definitely wants to get back and pitch at some point this season. So those guys could be back at some point. That will be fun to see. I guess Harold Ramirez and Bobby Bradley and... uh, Roberto Perez were all doing some sprint drills before the game, so they were out there running. That's good to see because, obviously, Ramirez and Bobby Bradley both dealing with leg injuries. But, yeah, it's uh, with the season kind of kind of lost for the Indians at this point. Uh, we're going we're gonna to do some different things over the last month and a half on the podcast here. I'd like to start looking at some minor leaguers, looking at some guys who might be battling for starting positions next season. Or guys who just you should be keeping your eye on. So I know that recently I think Perspect, Baseball Perspective or Perspectives America, one of those one of those publications like redid the Indians farm system rankings. So we have some new names and numbers to look at in different spots. So let's take a look over the next you know month and a half. Let's take a look at some of those names. See what kind of 2021 season they had down in the minors. See what kind of impact they might be having in the future on Cleveland. And then we'll continue to talk about the games because why not? Hey, baseball still goes for another month and a half. I'm still going to have the games on and uh, let's still talk about them. All right. MVP for the day on this one. Ooh, I, I think I have to give it to Jose Ramirez. He had two really big hits in this game. One to get the Indians offense rolling and the other one to tie the game up or not to tie the game up, to keep things alive in the uh, ninth inning. He gets the RBI in the ninth inning and then scores the tying run, you know, works his way around the bases and scores that tying run. So I think I got to give MVP for the day to Jose Ramirez for the hustle, just for hustling out that double. He gets MVP on the day. That's all my thoughts on this one. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. Hey, for show merch, remember to visit clevelandbaseballmornings.myspreadshop.com. For premium t-shirts, hoodies, the coffee mugs are coming soon. They have to approve that design. They have to be coming soon. And more for men, women, kids. Show off your pride for Cleveland baseball and help spread the show's name with some high-quality shirts and gear. The link is in the show notes, and it's my pinned tweet on Twitter at Davey Barris. So whatever app you're on, just scroll, scroll down to those show notes, and you'll find the link. Again, the final from Minnesota. It's the Twins 8, the Indians 7 in 11 innings. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash clevelandbaseballmornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.